Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. Another video podcast, um, video and everything for you this week. And I am joined by Sean as he pours a beer from Guilo. How are you doing, Sean? You okay? Very good. Very good. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me on the show. And uh, I can put it that way, very American term, but <laughs> it's entertainment, hopefully. Yeah. Um, yeah no, thank I, you. Thank you for joining, mate. No, no. And um, it's uh, the tropical lager I'm gazing at. Um, it's always a good starter. And um, yeah, um, part of our core range that we brought into market about four weeks ago now. Um, right. So it's fairly, fairly recent. And yeah, yeah. yeah, we're we're happy to be uh, in the country, and um, we obviously are operating in tricky times. But um, the way is clear ahead. Hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, and all that vaccine program. Yeah. Well, so um, yeah, we're 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 quite lucky, really, in the fact that if you're a new entry to a um, to the territory as a as a beer brand, then we have had time to prepare ourselves and, and get our message to the market right and uh, everything about our story, hopefully. So, um, you know, we're just uh, keen to support the, the on-trade as it comes back. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, like I we was saying just before we started, there's hopefully a roadmap now and there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? So uh, a lot of these conversations that I've had with people have been, there's, there's no end in sight and now people have been keeping busy, but now we're just over a month away from hopefully some of the doors being open again aren't we so it'll the start of outdoor catering and things not everyone's going to be able to open back up but some breweries some tap rooms some pubs will be able to to welcome people back hopefully mate so uh so yeah we're uh we're nearly there we we certainly are and i think it's it's something we'll probably talk about throughout the podcast but i think um nobody really knows what the landscape's going to look like I, i'm just wishing everybody well and um, like you say not everybody's lucky enough to have outside areas but a lot of people have either taken the time to prepare for that um if they're lucky enough to have the resource if they're not then you know even more reason why everybody should keep the communication channels open and say how can we help you know how what's the best way to support you when you do come back to market because you know, it's it's a multi-channel business, isn't it? You know, you've got everything from, yeah. which we'll talk about, but anything from the, the corner bottle shop to the traditional pub to the events and the list goes on and street food as well. Mm. Um, and obviously the weather in Blighty, which uh, <laughs> you can never, you can never <laughs> tell what's going to happen there. So, uh, Well, this is a thing. It's either sort of like April time at Easter is either going to be glorious or we've had snow in April before. So it's kind of... Hopefully it's the it's the uh, the nicer weather we see, but like you say, who knows, mate? Who knows? It's the way everything's gone. It could be snow, and it'd just be typical, wouldn't it? Really, but there you go, there you go. Well, I think we'll, we'll be out in it, whatever. I reckon. <laughs> well, yeah, there'll be there'll be people sat outside enjoying pints, regardless. I mean, it's great for the the beer if it's colder. Do you know what I mean? But it's uh, but yeah, there'll probably be people sat outside the courts and the wellies enjoying pints, regardless. So uh, so how have, how have you been keeping during? during lockdown have you still been lucky enough to be working yeah thank you for asking I, th- I think that for me um it's been uh, hopefully a lot of people the industry has returned to form the form it's always had which is that and i just want i don't want to keep that to the industry but i think folk have realized in lockdown that you know we all need to be humble about our, our neighbors our 
our fellow uh, you know, members of the population and uh, and all essentially try to communicate that to each other. And if somebody needs to be reached out to or you need to reach out to somebody, then just do it. Um, is it was it in my nature to do that before lockdown? No. Um, have I throughout lockdown? Definitely. And, and I'm very grateful to the people that I've either asked advice from or just swapped notes on how they're doing. Um, and even from a professional point of view, um, there's been loads of support from the industry in terms of free webinars and all kinds of educative stuff that uh, you know, certainly I found really helpful. Um, mm. uh, because I think if you're if you're keeping these thoughts to yourself in your whatever your office looks like at home, um, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> no, you need to, no, you need to reach not. out virtually. Yeah. Well, this is it. We 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 we're social creatures, aren't we? You know, we're designed to be out and amongst people. And like you say, and thankfully, for the most part, this industry seems to be quite a welcoming space and quite a friendly space and having people there for for one another in normal times but even more so now when people have needed help and advice it's you know a lot of business have had to change and change quite quickly so it's it's good that people have been there to to help one another more than anything and like you say extend that extends beyond a professional point of view into a personal point of view and i think sort of the good side of the community in just a general sort of term has has come to light really hasn't it yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll drop into it that, you know, we've got a WhatsApp group in my neighbourhood that I say I probably knew four of my neighbours before lockdown. I, I genuinely know 50 and 60 folk now in and around me. So um, that's fantastic. And, uh, and, and and it's just doing what we should all be doing, really, is a standard part of what community should be about, which is just looking out for the more vulnerable, obviously. Um, but also, it's just interesting to know what... Mm-hmm. <laughs> other people do for a living and uh you know we can yeah. possibly all contribute something um and uh i've certainly found that so yeah that's all good um yeah no definitely and, i agree you know just talking about the the business i suppose i'll just whiz through my background but um i used to run bars restaurants and and music venues so i you know i i thrive off uh you know, people can and uh, was often a, a host to um, mm-hmm. uh, pretty large venues, to be honest. So, um, you know, I really do appreciate and feel for everybody in the trade. And, um, you know, I, I think I've sort of come full circle in the fact that I went off, did a lot of traveling, did some about a microbrewery starter, came back, learned about distribution and now brand building for the last few years. And, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a time where, hopefully the in, the industry gets the point that you know we don't want to be sort of branded to we want to be embraced by product you know and a lot of people have been talking about how's that going to look in the next 18 months and you know is it going to mm-hmm. be using your local businesses your local greengrocer your local bakery um i hope so and certainly therefore from our side of what we're chatting about here in the beer trade you know tap rooms hopefully become stronger um get the full embrace of, of the local population um and you know i, I think well we know the high street mm. uh, as was it's, it's just not going to return no <laughs> so, no no definitely not yeah. no um so as guaido we um we started up um the founders started the business uh in late 2014 um co-founder i'm the commercial um uh, man on the ground for the uk um but uh, Joe and uh, Ian and his wife Emily started the business uh, in late 2014. Uh, Joe was a designer. Um, Ian was a IP lawyer, 
um, and he basically got transferred out to Hong Kong um, and had a dream uh, about a beer called Guaido on one day um, after a hard day shift at the law offices, went back in, had a word with his Yorkshire mate and said, look, I've had a dream about a brand called Brilo and I'm going to do it. And the Yorkshire fellow said, I bet you have bloody hundred dollars you do it. And uh, that was terrible. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, and, um, um, and of course, red flag to the ball. So that was it. That, that, that was genuinely the story. And then they started in, you know, like a lot of these things in a, in a very limited space um, mm. and working both jobs, um, just selling locally, getting sales when they could. And at that point in time, uh, early 2015, there are only three breweries in Hong Kong. There's now about 55. So, you know, they had this opportunity to gain traction quickly. And that's what exactly what happened. Um, and then we find ourselves in two where we are to date um, and the contracts brewing in various markets. Um, and I'll explain more about contract brewing in a minute. Um, and, you know, obviously there's reciprocal behavior going on, but what we term this craft collective um, that we're all a part of. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's all pretty exciting. Um, back in Hong Kong, obviously they've suffered like everybody else. So, um, but before COVID hit, um, we're stocked in everything from street food, uh, outlets, dive bars through to, Ian doesn't like me using that term, but that's what they are. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with them, by the way. And um, yeah. all the way through to, um, you know, the, 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 the hotel chains and uh, the line beer for Cathay Pacific Airlines. So, you know, they've done, they've done a fantastic job. Um, you know, I only joined the team in July of this year. So all of that's down to them. And now we just want to take it forward, um, you know, um, in, in the UK, clearly. And the UK has always yeah. been a, well, Ian and uh, Joe are British born anyway, as his wife, Emily. So we just want to become part of the UK community, uh, respect what's going on here and just try and join the party, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously quite a an opposite sort of journey, really, because obviously a lot of UK breweries are now finding that their demand is now sort of in China, Hong Kong, that sort of so sort of territories now, whereas obviously it's the opposite way around is obviously with you guys, you've built sort of that demand over there now and then coming back over here to where the demand already was. So it's a bit of a, a reversal, but it's um it's a nice sort of a unique story, isn't it? Really? It's not a case if we want to start something over there that you guys were kind of the the forerunners for a better word of that sort of scene starting over there, really, weren't you? You're so spot on. It's brilliant the way you've underscored it, to be honest. I mean, um, you know, of course, we can reciprocally help um, our partners, you know, with distribution out in Hong mm. Kong and Asian distribution in general. Um, but you're right. Um, where we feel lucky uh, is that our aspiration over the next five and 10 years is to be a, a pan-Asian brand, you know, brewery that can bring the breadth of everything from not just Hong Kong, but Asian influence, you know, the, the food, the, the lifestyle, the colours, the noise, the, the flavours, um, and, and really, you know, put a, I suppose, a cornerstone into the UK. You know, Asian brands like Asahi, Singtao, all the rest of them have been here a long time. They're obviously global brands, but we think we're a point of difference because we have a genuine extended craft beer range and we can take people on the Asian beer journey from, you know, a starter beer like our tropical raga through to, 
hopefully some pretty pretty fancy stuff um yeah yeah so uh there's there's a, an intent um i can't go into too much detail because otherwise i'm, I'm going to be a bit of a tease i'm afraid but we do have a collaborative program um that will roll out over the next two two and a half years um working with you know, european scandi and uh, uk breweries and uh, mm -hmm. we have a fella on our team that we're lucky to have called charlie johnson so he's like our oversight master brewer and he runs a project in in california called the ronan fermentation project and what charlie does is he normally spends time with the, the head brewers so um mm -hmm. and, and uh, obviously works the kit with them and then you know that becomes part of this contract brewing in market uh, and the reason yeah, for yeah. that and people sort of have a, a view and i always try to keep it simple it really is as simple as we want the beer to be as fresh as possible it's as simple as that you know i've worked with brands where i've imported and the reality is I mean, if you come from that part of the world or australia or new zealand or other parts of the world you know you're looking at six to eight ten weeks before it's even landed uh, and then mm. because we haven't got a full ch cold chain in this country depending on what time of the year it's landed you know you can see that even if the beers are pretty stable there's a there's this you know they 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 will lose a little bit of their freshness uh, inevitably mm. so um yeah, yeah um our contract brewing partner in the uk's vocation uh, for the core range um and that came about um by personal introduction basically so um yeah um and that's going really really well couldn't have a better partner for the uk they've tripled their capacity have every intent to embrace the on trade mm. everybody knows that they're in retail heavily but um what people don't know is that or they may know uh, depending on how much they follow them but they do make some cracking beers themselves um but we're really lucky to have them as yeah. a sort of um a joint partner um with their, their brewing expertise yeah yeah well i mean obviously they're, they're quite local to myself because i'm in i'm from leeds and um, they're obviously have have done bridgeway on uh, so halifax so it's you know half an hour 40 minutes if that but i think what vocation do quite well is what you said there sean is that they've got the the networks there already for sort of retail distribution to supermarkets and, and further afield they've got the capacity to do that but then obviously they're for want of a better phrase more crafty arm of the barrel age series the stuff that doesn't go into markets they've got two great channels there set up haven't they and i think they do that very very well um i think they hit both markets very well to sort of entry level beers for want of a better phrase again but then to sort of more hardcore beers of the big barrel aged impy stouts that, that do do both markets quite well i find oh totally um it's remarkable what they're doing and you know it has been notable the stouts in the current series i think for about four and six months now but you know people people are always quick to and i don't mean this uh you know that, that's the nature of the market and people always want something new or they they people's tendency if i can put it that broadly is to then say oh they're a bit stout heavy for example in vocations so, mm. well no they're just they're just doing that test series and, and doing that well for a while but they can turn their hand to oh yeah all styles, you know um yeah, they've yeah. certainly got the kit and the the expertise in-house and um and also frankly i mean you know with the sort of winter we've had in lockdown there's nothing wrong with an imperial stout <laughs> to keep well, you going uh, <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm not a stout person per se but i mean it's the right time of year isn't it they've, they've released the the big stouts at the right time of year aren't they with all the weather that we've had like you say so it's 
Yeah. And a lot of breweries do that. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with breweries doing things in seasons. You know, stouts over the winter, IPAs, New England, sours during the summer. I, I, I don't personally have a problem with that. Obviously, they can do both whenever, but I don't say anything wrong with it personally. But like say, they, they do it very well. But there's always people that say there's, they criticise, but a lot of breweries now, you could say, flip side, they do too many IPAs and too many New Englands. But it's certain breweries do certain things very well, don't they? Exactly, exactly. And that goes back to, you know, the collaborations where, you know, we're, we're lucky enough to have a, a few relationships already. I'm obviously always keen to meet new breweries, um, you know, challenger breweries that are coming through uh, and all of that. And that's really, really important that we all keep our, you know, again, sort of embracing each other going forward and you can get some cracking new breweries you know, that just do a particular style just astonishingly well. Mm. And why wouldn't you therefore do a collaboration if they do sours particularly well? Well, why wouldn't you want to ask if you can politely yeah. do the collab with them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's still a very, very exciting time, especially for the consumer, I think. Um, and again, in my mind, hopefully COVID has driven by, both by virtue of the way in which we will be buying beer, enjoying beer, um, sharing notes on beer all going to be driven isn't it by digital and and else and um you know i think that's really healthy I think that's yeah. really really healthy because uh the consumer is driving that um because the inevitably sometimes everybody's working so hard in their respective industries they don't necessarily spend enough time with the actual punter you know the customer mm. in my opinion yeah 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 which obviously has been harder this year and well so year and a half than it has any other year because most breweries will be or brewers even will be at events trade events festivals whatever and that's a way of engaging with the the best way to engage with the user obviously you've got instagram facebook on tap to what have you but then there's a lot of conversations that go in sort of the scene at festivals and pop-ups and takeovers and whatever that obviously hasn't happened now so that's not being lost but it's not as been as engaging as what it normally would be but hopefully like so with what's happening we're going to get that back very very soon um yeah. and there's got there's a lot more people that this has been open to now do you know i think from my personal point from from working in the shop at, at yorkshire craft beers we've seen a mass influx of people coming into this craft beer scene throughout covid because they've got bored of drinking the normal stuff and they found the shelves of craft in supermarkets etc and then moved on to to come into breweries and bottle shops direct which i think is great and there's going to be a whole new market of new customers out there that breweries can then start engaging with and targeting and, and open the doors to definitely i think um and i'll obviously clearly get your opinion on this but you know it's down to the breweries to work with people and just say that you know here's our you know, this is what we'd like to contribute this is our sort of how we're defining innovation on our part uh, mm. in our case it's pan-asian and it's, you know it, 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 it will be and can be so many things equally you know it needs to be bespoke as well you know in the sense that if a particular mm. area um or bottle shop owner says look you, you know your customers better than i ever will say yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you said <laughs> right okay they yeah they need let's let's do this particular promo then let's do it you know, mm -hmm. I think that's um, that. That's when that's when I think that's when any supplier or brand gets a name for itself, because you've just got mm -hmm. to keep, you know, 
keep keep real about it, keep grassroots about it, and ask the the people that are yeah. stocking your beer, how's it going? Because again, what happens too many times, and it happens in every aspect of the trade, is that you know the beer goes into let's say a pub chain, and then it's there, but the staff don't know anything about it. They're not being trained on it. Yeah. Um, and it's what I call the final one meter, and it's that that bar top, and it's like it all breaks down, and no sales go through, and everybody's cheesed off. So, um, yeah, all that stuff's got to be got to be engaged. Yeah. Well, so it's it's everyone being invested and in, and in knowing the product for the audience, isn't it? You know, and I was only saying this to a a, a customer or a, a brewery this week is that we like dealing direct with with people and getting to know people in the industry because like I say it, it makes a massive difference from stocking a beer to actually knowing a beer and knowing the brewery and, and knowing the history about it because like you say it's just that little touch extra that gets it over the line like you say selling a pint or selling a can or whatever it's just this is new beer that's it it's a new beer it's by so and so and this is the story behind it and this is why they've done this and xyz it kind of it informs a customer a bit more about the the product, and and if you're informed about it and passionate about it, it, it definitely it definitely helps. And and like you say, that's sort of as much as us really, sort of in the trade from bottle shops to get involved with you guys to to know that as much as it is you, because like you say, it's a, it's all right buying the beer, but if you don't know about about it, then you can't really expect to shift it if you don't know much about it, do you? Really? So. No, and 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 also, I mean, I'd, I'd sort of. You know, as with any specialist beer in that sense, you know, you've got people that are on their start of the journey and, mm. you know, not, might just be getting to grips with what an IPA is. And then suddenly you're expecting them to, you know, yeah. <laughs> understand NEPAs and all these other abbreviations hopping about the place. So I suppose what I'm saying there is that in in the absence of somebody being able to actually talk to them, which is the mm. ideal scenario, obviously, um, you've got to impart as much of that in your in your um, brand collateral, you know, your, yeah. not only the can itself, but also any literature or, um, you know, I, I always find that, you, well, you take the bottle shop environment um, and to a certain, certain types of pub, you know, what, what what's a good snack that would go with that? What's a mm. good, you know, um, and, and you've got the really traditional pubs that, yeah, okay, traditional British stuff like, and I, I know these are old style boozers, but you'd say, well, is it really relevant, Sean? But I think it is, you know, if, if that's if that's a games pub, if I can put it that way, and they normally play cards and dominoes and whatever else, well, why not have a bit of fun and you know, we, we can chuck a couple of Asian puzzles into the mix. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's all sorts of opportunities. It's it, it's it's totally limitless, I, I feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, which makes it quite exciting. Well, definitely. And I think there's as much as there's a lot of people doing it, I think there is a lot of room still in this sort of industry and marketing. Like say, if you put your own spin on it and kind of you're doing your own little thing that's different and unique, and like say you guys are, are bringing an Asian influence to the beer because you've obviously you've, you're from over there, originate from over there. It's something that's not really seen over here, is it? So it's nice that, that there is actually something new, something different, like you say, and it's all a bit a sort of a subtle twist in many cases, but it's a twist nonetheless that, opens people's eyes to things that they've potentially never experienced before so it's yeah it's great and obviously like you've, you've got the store you know you've got your story on the cans on the label and things like that and a brief sort of history and definition and things so it's again it's that oh that sounds a little bit different and it's got that again it's that little touch isn't it that hooks people really yeah and i, I you know people that know me know i'm a, I'm a massive 
I really do champion the UK whenever I can, and, I, and it's very, very, um, you know, um, I've, I've got a great love for these Isles, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and uh, England. However, um, like you say, you know, you've got even even if you just talk about UK producers, you know, regionally, they're so different, aren't they? you know, in terms of food. I don't think we actually mm -hmm. talk about it enough, frankly, you know, um, and yeah. So therefore, just stepping back into the pan Asian scene, you know, we've got big, big Asian communities across the UK, obviously, um, and we're not fixated. That we, we, but we do want people to. I mean, if you look at the actual stats and the number of people that you know either cook Asian food at home and or you know have an Asian meal, how often, et cetera, et cetera, then that, that's what mm -hmm. we should be adding value pretty quickly um, because. Yeah, we've got plans to you know bring over recipe cards and suggestions and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, the the beer and food pairing thing's just huge, isn't it? You know, the potential there is just enormous. So it's there's sort of a, a huge scope there. So so was um was the plan always from from your perspective to to have um a presence in the UK? Was that always the long term goal, or is that kind of does it come in a change because of COVID in any way, shape, or form? Or it's, it's a really in, interesting question, only because I can only answer it in the absence of Ian, obviously. But if Ian were answering, I think he'd say the following: that yes, um, because he's British-born mm -hmm. um, from uh, you know the Yorkshire area himself. Um, but um, was it accelerated in the plans? Um, not because of COVID, um, actually, just because of the opportunity was there. You yeah. know, okay. um, we'd already had exploratory discussions with, you know, potential partners, and uh, you know, these things are not to be taken lightly. And the fact that you know the opportunity to work with Vocation was there. That you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to be referred to them. Um, all this sort of thing. None of us are bigging ourselves up. It just seemed that there were a lot of people in the right place to make it happen now. Um, and it's like a lot of other, and also there's a pace to the way we do things. Um, in the fact that again, you just try and keep it simple, just reach out with the conversation. And you know, our, our brewing partner in Vietnam, our brewing partner in Australia, is what, what we try to do is, is to find a market where not only because we've got the unique Pan Asian um, background, but because we can see that there's breweries and other parts of the trade that that we can support if you, if you follow me so you know and i'll identify our australian partner yeah. rocky ridge there mm -hmm. and south of bustleton western australian but you know they were a they were a breakthrough brewery at that time um uh, now they're in the top 10 breweries in australia so that's always a you know a, a challenge but an exciting thing if you can identify it um and then go on that journey quite quickly um with a partner like that in the country in which you're operating mm. um and in fact you know covid is yeah don't get me wrong i mean it's um there's a serious side to it obviously not least of which people's livelihoods and depending on what uh, resources they've got so i'll repeat my other point that we felt lucky really with uh launching in the covid environment it gave us time to um to really mm. stop and check and balance and you know See, see how we should do things and that will change by the week especially right now i think <laughs> yeah 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 
I think it's very, very difficult for for breweries in particular to plan at the moment, isn't it? And you know, and last year in particular, there were there were times where you couldn't even plan a couple of days ahead, let alone a week, two weeks, a month, six months, whatever it was. You had to take it day by day with lockdowns and things changing and pubs opening and then closing and other different bits and pieces. And like you say, to actually have that presence now over here and open in this this country in this territory now and you know have some success in there and have some partnerships and things found the right place is is a massive positive and a, a huge step in in the right direction in the in the face of quite an adverse set of circumstances really isn't it yeah and i i hope that you know i hope there's a there seems to be from what i've observed and obviously you know, i don't want to be too how how can i put it i don't want to be too um, uh yeah there's no, there's no perfect solution but the industry has got mm. to take this opportunity to really think about you know how it does work together you know historically yeah. it did that i in my humble opinion the last decade that's not been so great um and there's been a lot of uh, really quite poor behavior um in certain parts of the community so hopefully this will you know be a check back for all of us to say look we all need each other here. Um, brewing needs breweries mm. <laughs> to work, you know, in 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 tandem, and not to try and, you know, just brutally knock each other out of a market segment. You know, it, it, it should be more about let's just keep talking to each other, mm. where we can um, work in a um, how to say a mutually beneficial way, advantageous, always with the consumer in mind. Because one of the things mm. that I think was sort of yeah, yeah. clearly obvious from the high street offer in particular and or certain concepts was that you know do we really do you really want to go into an environment and find the same lineup of beers do you really want to go into the same high street and find the same lineup of stores boring <laughs> you know? yeah like you said there's been a there's been a massive shift in consumer dynamic hasn't there and we keep we keep saying me and james is that i think to a certain extent, city centres will probably be different and struggle because, like you say, people have now sort of switched on to local businesses and independent business and trying to shop more locally and purchase more ethically and closer to home and, and things like that. And and like you said, certainly with with the budget that we've had this week for for those who sort of keep an eye on such things is obviously breweries have to, to date got no support in that budget whatsoever. You know, the hospitality sector, fine. But I think people forget is that breweries aren't classed as hospitality, so they don't get any support. And like you say, if people don't look after one another and sort of help one another, then a lot of breweries could still struggle and worst case scenario close, which hopefully won't happen. But mm. you know, if, if people are there for each other to support one another, then hopefully they'll they'll continue to thrive, like you say, and be able to offer the that different different end product that people are now now looking out for. Definitely, definitely. And um yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think, I, yeah, I am encouraged. I am an optimist by nature, and I think, yeah, it's, um, it's exciting. I think that, you know, the, uh, it's kind of where the Brits are, are good, in, in broad terms. I mean, that's not me saying that. Yeah, that's me pretending that the rest of the world, are good. and I'm not an isolationist, that's for sure. But um, I, I do think that, I do think this is going to see a sea change in people going back and supporting their local community. Yeah, for sure. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. It's, it's that sort of. A lot of been said is like sort of wartime spirit, isn't it? That that's happened during COVID. Like you say, people there that have been putting other people's needs before their own. So 
long, long may it continue, mate. Mm. Long may it continue. Keep picking each yeah. other up when we need it, because God knows Sorry. we do need it a minute, don't we, mate? So uh, every, everyone's needed a pick-me-up every now and again, whether that's a, a beer or just a call <laughs> or a Zoom or whatever. It's just everyone's needed it. I think everyone's struggled in some way, shape or form, aren't they? So. Well, also where you're you're from yourself, Steve, um, you know, we've got the one of the best trade shows out there, the Leeds International. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, again, that needs to come back. That's where that's where the trade really collects and enjoys yeah. itself. Um, Definitely. And, and we and we need that back, and we need all of the support supply chain, things that people forget. Somebody told me the other day, and I, I don't know where they referenced it, but let's just say there's a, about hundred people, you know, in that whole supply chain to get that pint on that bar, you know, mm. from the, you know, picking the hops to, all the way through mm. to what actually lands up there you go there's a there's a perfect point of uh coniston that people get fed up with me talking about but it's um it's a beauty and i miss it and yeah. i want one <laughs> oh, yeah so um yeah um so yeah but but there are livelihoods all the way through the supply chain um obviously i know loads of people in the surround sound um that's not to negate other industries, but we're just talking about our own. You know, it is very extended. You know, the event side of things, clearly. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of live music personally, um, and all of those things. Now, obviously, we don't want to be silly about it. Um, it's got to be staged um, mm. in terms of the pro- progress back to, and, and I'm sure they'll be facilitated in a different manner going forward. But you know, we all want to be out there. You know. The, definitely yeah um, yeah like you say it's, it's got to be done right and hopefully it is being done right but thankfully sort of like you say Leeds International at the minute is still pending for September which I'm happy for because in my opinion it's probably one of the best best festivals around um been local yeah. but it's like the last few years that that's been on that's been incredible um you know Hop City is still on from Northern Monk then their Dark and Wild City later on in the year another another festivals hopefully are still on um and we'll still be on subject to, to the lockdown restrictions. But if everyone behaves themselves, which I know is a, a big ask, which I know can be can be challenging. That's the, the main thing. But obviously, as we as we record this week, the schools are due to go back next week, which is a big one. Uh, I think that's kind of the big the big really box to tick, isn't it? That once they go back, see what happens. And once that's sort of done and dust, I think it's sort of a let's say vaccines rolling out. So fingers crossed, mate. We'll be sharing sharing beers very soon in a sort of a, a mass on a mass scale as well you know not just a just set outdoors with six people but hopefully in a festival environment sometime soon without having to look at people and question their uh the cleanliness and be like oh, just, yeah i don't want to be near you so hopefully that'll be gone soon yeah yeah so so in terms of the the overall plans uh, i don't know what questions you have or anybody you might have um out there but uh just to try and you know impart more about ourselves um like i say you know we we have our social media channels obviously up and running. Um, we absolutely encourage people to directly contact us um, through those. Um, hopefully, the contents uh, you know pretty decent. You know, in terms of um, a lot of uh, aspects, obviously about mm. uh, Asian culture and um, you know uh, posts that we're making. But equally, if somebody's got a specific question, um, then we are really responsive. I'd like to think. And, um, you know, that will manifest Mm. itself over the next two and four months as to where we're actually stocked and and where we're hoping to be stocked, obviously. Um, You know, we we don't know that until probably what I call stage two activation, which is realistically May. 
for the greater and wider distribution network um, so that we can get to all parts of the country um, and, and be stocked in all parts of the country, hopefully. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're keen to, um, how, how do you, how do you find people sort of search in, in your, in your opinion, you know, for, for new product? Do you think it's a case of they go to standard sites? Do you think they, do you think it's going to change, you know? Um, and obviously, because I'm, I'm involved in it, I think a massive part is, is social media, like you say, is, like you mentioned there, is that you're quite active in social media. I think that is the biggest sort of driver behind it. And I think sort of it's a double-edged sword, really, from my own personal point of view, is that people are always looking for something new. You know, they're always looking for either the next beer or the next brewery or things like that. And and I think that's the the biggest thing, is that they want to see what other people are drinking and and so certainly going to bottle shops as well, I think so we've got a big sort of role to play in that is that as part of that is that as much as people looking for something new is that it's supporting, you know, sort of showcasing stuff that's local and sort of relevant, I suppose, in a way. And obviously, it's, I think that's sort of a, a, a and as much as knowing about the product is what we, what we came back to earlier is that to be educated about what, what we're selling. Again, not saying, oh, it's a new beer, it's a new beer by so-and-so and this is the story behind them, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the the sort of the the key to to people finding about new products and people talking about new products really and i think that's the that's the way i i you know there's there's so many people out there that i personally find out about new things from being in the shop or from seeing people drink it you know that's that's the thing is that where i find it um i don't i exactly right and uh, and also i think that you know people can't get it well you know if they're interested in that particular brewery but all these folk virtual tastings is fantastic, yeah. you know, and you're, and you're actually meeting the brewer on, on a, you know, or one of the brewing team on those, uh, you know, on those virtual tastings. It's, it's a superb way of um, engaging the, the brewery. Um, and, and you're literally getting it from source, mm. aren't you? So um, it doesn't get any better than no, that, no. really. And also, based on what you said when I used to run bars, it's, you know, I, I remember you know, you might bring out, I mean, one of the bars I ran had a pretty good cocktail list, so you know, you bring out a pretty flash cocktail and sort of get me carried across the room in a, on a tray sort of thing, about four or five of them. And of course, the next minute, you'd see half the yeah, room yeah. and all of them. <laughs> um, because, you know, and that's the way, that's the way we work, isn't it? You know, it's just like, and, and, and it's all about confidence in the purchase, mm-hmm. isn't it? Let's face it, for any product. So, you know, are you really going to, I mean, I'm, you know, glimpsing at our Sudoku Golden Stout and, you know, it is a relatively unusual style. And uh, again, to the, it's our job to say, well, you know, could people would expect a, a stout to be, have the classic characteristics mm-hmm. of a stout and be dark and all the rest of it. And of course, the golden stout is the complete reverse of that. So, <laughs> you know, are, are they going to pick it up and go, oh. yeah. Yeah, well, this yeah. is it. It's, and it is because I love a black IPA and that's the same. Yeah. It's, you know, the black IPA is the same, is that you expect an IPA to be pale, but then you get a black one, it's like, oh, it's a stout. But then actually, no, it's not a stout. It's challenged those stereotypes and those norms, isn't it? That, and again, that's part of the, the process of educating people and telling them, well, it's a stout, but it's it's golden or it's, you know, it's yellow in appearance. Yeah. How can it be a stout and not be dark? It's, it's, that, it's that education piece, isn't it? And I suppose that's part of the enjoyment of it, really, isn't it? That it's not just the same as any other that you've potentially had before, right? You know, like you say, you go get a lager, it looks like that, you get a stout, it looks like that, and then there's all sorts of different variants and, and nuances that you can get that are just blow this whole scene up and wide open, really. And, and you do want people, you know, stating the obvious, we do want people to feel that the core range is obviously sessionable um, and an mm-hmm. introduction to, to our wider range. But 
also that you know clearly you then want to get to a point and you know in reality that takes a good couple of years in any new market where people then are looking at the name and they're going right okay i trust it um it's going to be interesting and and they buy on that basis i mean i think again somebody all these random facts which i can never remember but i think there's about i'm talking about audi motor cars i think there's about 60 probably more than that 70 different models you know it's like well but if you're in if if once you're an audi yeah, you know, if you're into Audis, you're going to stick with it, yeah. aren't you? You know, and it's the same in beer mm-hmm. to a certain extent. You know that mm-hmm. you know you're going to have your favourite brands in style, and uh, clearly that's what we yeah. want to achieve. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's it. It's, it's as much as people want something new. They like familiarity as well. Like you say, it's that people want something new, but then it's like, well, if they like you guys or Vocation or Northern Monk or somebody, then it's like, well, I like that particular brewery, so I'll stick to what they do by them because they know that they're quality and their heritage etc but they'll get the new beers by them so i think you're definitely right is that people always have a certain few that they gravitate towards as a, a safe bet shall we say um and beers yeah. that they can get that they know they're going to enjoy time in time out but it's that's it's but there's not many core yeah. beers you know there's not many brewers that do and core the, ranges like you guys have done like you're drinking tonight you know there's there's not many brewers that do that which is interesting yeah yeah and you wonder about that don't you and you think well and is that because people see the same styles in core ranges or is that because you know inevitably that is the purpose of a core range is to mm. yeah, have your session beers that are yeah tweaked obviously for their individuality but um but ultimately you want people to you know it's, it's like we've all been chatting about you know depending on what our respective drinking habits are and as a nation as individuals as groups it's um you do want and i do personally to say i want three or four of those nice easy drinking um what i call that slight agitator which uh you know it's just something that on the palate that makes you you know you're not going to leave the bar before having a final one (laughs) yeah yeah no no i agree and it's and and i'm sort of one of the the worst for it really is that again i I do want something new and something that i've not had before but your core range that that you're drinking tonight that i've i've had one of each of as well is that like you say it's just a drink that you could have three or four pints of of whichever one it's not like you say it's not gonna it's not gonna blow you off being too strong or hopped incredibly hopped like a lot of sort of the thick and juicy ones are but you got a nice beer that you could sit and have a few pints of and enjoy it which again, like you say, there's there's a need and a necessity for those sort of beers. And me and James are just talking today is that a lot of brewers and breweries are putting these sort of big dippers, tippers, massive stouts out there. But a lot of people are forgetting like like these beers, like you say, these core range are here, the sort of lower percentage beers that you can just enjoy a few of. There's a massive need for those beers as well. So it's it's kind of finding that balance, I suppose, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, so I mean the only things, I mean, there's obviously yeah. is the, the giveaway that we've got got to mention uh, which will will we'll slide in casually as you you're cracking another can of the uh, is it another can of the core range that you you pop in there the pail fantastic so yeah so sean you you guys kindly sent some some beer out to me which i thank you for like i said i've, I've had all three um and even that as somebody who's not a huge lager fan um i did enjoy the tropical lager um which i thought was Correct me if I'm wrong. I found it more as a sort of a sessional sort of pale than an actual lager. Um, yeah, I mean, in in, in it's sort of those tropical top notes um, that you, you'd expect. I mean, in in Hong Kong, we, we're calling it. It's, it's actually a, 
it, it's um, a Pilsner um, branded mm. out there. Um, but when we were preparing it for, if I can put it that way, the UK market, we um, we thought got to be lager um, because of the, you know, mm. we're lager drinkers, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. It's, it's huge over here, isn't it? You know, and it's got it's got to appeal to people. But it's it's not just like you say. It's not just a, a sort of a, a for want of a better word, a run of the mill lager. But it's actually a lager that's got a nice, like say, nice sort of tropical flavour to it. And but easy enough to drink but one that you could just have a, a few pints of and and just sit and sup it in a beer garden so, so yeah without fun. a doubt um, yeah um and yeah the, it, it's definitely differentiated to answer your question is it, it, it's very very different i mean mm. our pale is extremely popular and mm. is by far the biggest seller um but i think again it's a seasonal thing isn't it you know yeah. with um yeah clearly so um we're, we're expecting big things out of hopefully Hopefully the lager throughout the the hotter weather, um, but yeah, it, it's 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 really light. It's got um, it's just dry hot with Yukono, uh, and it's just got a tropical influence throughout it in terms of the sort of fruit profile. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sort of uh, come out with our standard tasting notes. I mean, everybody's experience it always it's always fascinated me. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you're a, a sommelier or just trying a beer for the first time. The reality is you're going to experience a difference drink person to person and pick up on subtle differences yeah. in notes and, and i always find that incredibly exciting somebody says oh i got a bit of strawberry in that you're like did you you know um and yeah, yeah. i'm not going to pretend i did because i absolutely didn't you know so mm. it's fascinating to me um yeah, yeah so um but this one's sort of got the yeah more of the sort of what i'd call uh fuller citrus notes you know um it's a goodie it's a goodie yeah yeah, yeah, and this is the beauty of it. Like you say, it's you're not there to say that somebody's right or wrong with what they tasted, but it's it's nice that, like you say, when you get that feedback, that as long as they've enjoyed it, that's the main thing. But when they've said they've got different flavors from it, that's the the exciting thing, isn't it? That yeah, it's it's always incredibly annoying, isn't it? If 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 somebody tries to um, and sorry, I apologise because I'm probably doing what <laughs> I I'm just about to say people do do, which is interrupt you. So oh. I apologise, but I think that um, I think that people. You know, it's a bit like the slow food movement. It's like, what, what am I actually drinking here? What am I actually mm. eating? And and not sort of talking down to people, especially people who are beginning their journey on that. Not not not, not everybody's had the opportunity to travel. Not everybody's had the opportunity to try fancy food. Not everybody's had the opportunity to try, you know, a particular um, sort of uh, you know um, style of beer. We're going back to beer, wine, obviously soft drinks. Uh, they're they're all included in that spirits. So what you've got to do every single time um as i was always taught as a publican was like right okay they're choosing to be in my place what can i do to tell them what i've got on my store basically you know and make sure me and my staff know what it is and uh yeah and, and go from there um you, pe people should never feel it's the worst thing you can do isn't it to make them feel less confident you know and then you know this from what you do it's just yeah. like yeah, yeah what can i help you with what can i well, this is it. It's like you say, you're not there to tell them that they're wrong or right. Um, I certainly, and, and like I say, people ask you for recommendations and it's like, I can recommend you what I've enjoyed, but that doesn't necessarily mean you will enjoy it. You should enjoy it, you know, and then you get, you know, you get used to people of, or you get a gauge for people. If you know, like sort of what beers are like, then it's like, well, if you like this, then you should like that and things like that. It's not a, it's not a guarantee that they'll like it, granted, but you know, you get it's for different people's palates and flavour profiles of, certain styles types based from different areas of the country from different countries and regions then 
it's very very subjective and you get you get to know what people should like shouldn't you so it's I think like you say it's it's always a an education in some ways because not everyone knows everything about everything I certainly don't you know there's always room to learn new things and to be taught new things and and I think that's again part of the beauty some people want to know the beer inside and out some people just want to know it's a good is it a good beer yes or no and just enjoy a good beer and again that's the that's the beauty of it yeah and, and also I was exactly and I was really lucky on the beginning of my personal journey which was uh I had this privileged opportunity to do some traveling and uh go to some of the great Belgian breweries and um and, and also experience their you know the way in which they approach beer in in, in their country and it's just fantastic you know you can go into a you know mm. a railway sort of station uh, effectively like a, a cafe and have some of the greatest Belgian beers through to you know fine dining I think they've got the most yeah. Michelin star restaurants in the in the world I think I might be wrong but you know and for me, for me that says it all that they just treat it with reverence it deserves mm. but but are actually subtly saying if you feel like a best mile triple whilst you're catching your train have one <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it, like you say it's that appreciation I think they they appreciate it for what it is and they're not just drinking it because they want to just chuck x amount of pints down the neck and just do it quickly there like you say they might have a pint of that or a, a drink of that but then that's it that's them like you say while they're waiting for a train or wherever it's just like but they'll have that to enjoy it and that'll be them happy enough doing that isn't it it's different different continents have different drinking habits don't they which i always again find interesting and intriguing mm, definitely um and i think i'm hopeful actually that that's how the landscape might change to a degree is that we're going to see more um evidence of you know, street food sort of street markets um deli cafe type traders mm. that have good beer ranges including obviously wines and whatever else they want to offer beverage wise but um for me that would be a big win because um you know it'll just sort of it, it, it'll it'll widen the breadth yeah. of, of environments in which we, we drink um i'm not saying it's going to happen instantly but i'd be interested to see where we are in two and three years time mm. um i do th- i do think the and by definition of the com- community boozer i'm talking about these pub co-owned ones which are so bland you know i mean they really are you know everything that we talked mm. about earlier where you go yeah, in yeah. and there's about seven different lagers on and that's it you know it's like, right okay yeah, get yeah. me out of here um so <laughs> yeah you know i don't think i, don't, I think this is a shift to uh different styles of, of drinking environment that's that can only be a good thing frankly yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. like you say the, the sort of the the wider it becomes and the more people get switched onto it then pubs like that who are like you say that are usually just lager led or mainstream led if they see the demand shift then hopefully they'll sort of cotton onto it and be like well we need to start offering something different and then again, it opens it up to a, a wider audience, which is, we're not there yet by any means, like you say, but in the next few years, because of this, I think it might sort of be spurred on a little bit, but it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. So, so but with, with that in mind, mate, we'll, um, what what does your sort of 2021 look like as far as uh, far ahead as you can plan anyway? Um, what what um, does this year look like for you guys? I, I just think it's to, to be ready um, to... To, I keep using this word embrace, but for me, it sums it up to embrace, you know, uh, reach out um, through the right ways of, of presenting ourselves, both professionally, um, obviously to the trade, but to the consumer and saying that, you know, we do have 
lots of options we can and will support you in any way i mean you've got i mean just expanding on what i was saying i mean i think i think food halls and these sort of things are going to start to become uh, you know the box parks and all this kind of um you know that that kind of uh, all all weather environments kind of become a lot more um common as well so we just want to be ready that whoever's you know making the entrepreneurial effort to provide these places that we're in there um as a, as a beer of choice um amongst amongst a few others you know but um we just want to yeah you know I, th I think people might rightly so are demanding in that regard and it's a natural human consideration that you know come on show me what you've got show me some choice and and, and wow me a bit you know yeah, yeah. um so if we can help any operator small medium or big do that um, that's our aspiration um how will that be done or we'll have historical uh, brews that we can uh, rotate out in market limited batches. We would hope to have two limited batches in market in any given month of our range. Um, I've talked about all of the mm -hmm. you know innovative things that we're coming through, and without detailing them overly, we are you know snack accompaniments, food accompaniments. Um, you know, I, I like what various breweries have done. I, I always think about signature brew. They did their pub in a box. You know, it's like well. What will we be doing you know that th there's a variation on that um anything that uh you know in the take home market now makes things yes. more enjoyable for people you know um i was lucky enough to live in oz for three years and we, we know that the mm. barbecue sort of take home market is massive over there and so and you know to a certain extent in, in certain european cultures so you know yeah. we need to be aware of that and make sure that we're offering a, an exciting package so to speak you know um and also without getting too heavy or pretentious about the next comment only because i'm learning as fast as i can but it, it's intriguing to me that we've now got artificial intelligence involved in this you know we've got these yes we've got digital but we've got essentially box subscription services coming through that are, are saying right okay if you chose those beers over six months we're now gonna put together a box for you and you won't be disappointed because you've pretty much told us what you like so all data driven um and it's like yeah remarkable things <laughs> the algorithm yeah 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 it's it's just the start of the takeover mate that's what it is <laughs> it's the start of them taking over the world it's uh but it's, it's technology has a huge thing to play and it's going back to like what we were saying earlier is about how people find out about a new beer is the social media aspect of it is technology has changed massively over the last four or five years you know if, if you even go back five years the whole sort of instagram social media thing wasn't necessarily a thing it wasn't there but if you dial it back the last year or two you know year to 18 months whatever it's just it's just blown up hasn't it so it's technology has a massive role to play in it beyond just the brewing process and the techniques it's it goes far beyond it doesn't it it's it's huge it is incredible it's absolutely fascinating you know there's the, the films i think it was minority report wasn't it, it was the that predictive kind of uh but you know it's happening it ain't going to slow down and um you know and um, no, it's no. going to get more sophisticated and ultimately i think that um these things should grow organically anyway what's the point in having you know something sort of marketed to you or, or thrust at you if it's like well you clearly mm. i'm actually really bored about that because you clearly don't know anything about me and you're you know you haven't even looked at my ease of example linkedin profile and you're trying to sell me you know mm. carpets or something 
you know, um, and, and obviously I'm exaggerating the point, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. that is the case with food and drink, broadly speaking. Um, you know, and, and that's why we all like to be, that's why I think and hope the landscape's going to change where people can rove around a bit more, you know, these market spaces, these, um, and by the way, I am a huge fan. I can't begin to tell you your pubs, but I, I, I'm just trying to be realistic about, you know, how the landscape might change. And, um, you know, I yeah. don't get me wrong. I, I, I think the the local pub at its best is just the top of the tree, you know, and um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see people not patron, yeah, um, not not uh, engage with their local. But um, at the same time, you know, I think that was happening before COVID. I think we've seen a lot more micro pubs um, and a lot more sort of, uh, and again, mm. power to these people, you know, yeah. that they're essentially saying, we, I, uh, who was I talking to the other day? I was talking to an outfit in Doncaster mm. and it, we we're just having this conversation. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to know anything about Donny, am I? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, fat chance I might go up there and join in with them once a year. But yeah. um, the, the point being that, you know, you, you, you run an establishment to suit your uh, your locals. Give them what they want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. You've got, you've got to give them what they want. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I can, I, people can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, my, my wife, she's from, she's from Doncaster and, I don't think it's renowned for its craft beer scene. I'm not going to lie. Uh, like I say, I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong. But uh, but yeah, you've got to you've got to suit what fits, haven't you? Like you say, there's no point doing something that's crafty if there's not a demand for it there, is there? But like you say, even if it's just a local pub that's independently owned, it's that community, isn't it? You know, you've you've always got your locals, your local people that work in there and always go in. It's just again, it all feeds into that that community spirit at the end of the day, doesn't it? That if people bond and engage over beer, regards what it is, so. You know, as long as it's there, as long as the opportunity is there and the places to do it are there, then happy days. You know, it's, but if there's a place popping up that's gonna be crafty in Doncaster, mate, then all be it, mate. I'll be, I'll, I'll go check it out for certain. It's not, it's not too far away from me, so I'll, uh, I'll give it a go. No, I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you a, a couple of links, uh, given that you're better home yeah, yeah. from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well, our family's still over there, so if it gives me an excuse to visit whilst I'm there, then you know, it's might as well, might as well check it out. So yeah. Happy days, yeah. happy days. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, so whether you can say anything about it, what you're not, mate. The only other thing that I'm really going to say, obviously, kind of ties into that. Then is that is there any plans for you guys to have a a permanent base in the UK, sort of a, a actual brewing tap room or spaces across the UK at all? I, I think you would always you you would always say that. Um, I think that you know it's when opportunity beckons. I think that sadly, um, out of the you know out of this. Uh, crisis you know there's going to be a lot of venues and spaces available um, um and we have got our you know eyes and ears to the ground daily um because i, I think there's nothing you can do better for yourself than have your own tap room um mm. you know I, I really do and then you know you say well doesn't that then lead to our own brewery well the idea of the model is is contract bringing market and contract partners so we're very happy with that side of of uh, how yeah. we do things but yeah tap room absolutely um and and ideally a few <laughs> um without being silly about it um but it's important yeah. to based on everything we've just said it's important for us to make sure that we've got a space that would suit and reflect what we do in hong kong um i should mm -hmm. say that you know it will start to come out on our social media a new venue that we're um we're putting together in hong kong right now and like most of 
yeah. everything that we've talked about if we could bring the feel of that to an appropriate space in the uk then that would be fantastic um yeah, yeah. and i think it's transformed a lot of breweries you know not just for the fact that it allows you to not only display your wares, so to speak but also invite you know your, your best mates in the industry in um and, and i think about them mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of you know and they've been going about 11 years now i think and um i think they only got their first tap room two years ago so you know but it's transformed uh, uh, uh i think they'd agree yeah. you know it's like why didn't we do this before probably um you know because suddenly you've got your own showroom um and and they've always made cracking group cracking beers but um that you know never had a chance to for the local local population yeah so um so i think i think all breweries should do that if they can it's not easy depends whether you've got the resource um but yeah and 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 for me the great and the great and the good as well of, of of the industry to um not have a problem for me that displays a lack of um what I'm trying to say is that it shows confidence in your in yourself. So if you do that as well, um, that you're happy to invite other breweries of the world in to share that space and contribute to it throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, you know, because again, it goes back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, we would like people to choose our beer first, but in reality, <laughs> if we if we force them to choose it, because it's the only thing on offer, that's that's a negative. Um, so, <laughs> um, so it wouldn't be our tap you know it'd be reflective of the culture um but would have loads of guests in yeah yeah. i I suppose the the great example of that is what vocation do with assembly underground in leeds isn't it you know it's it's their it's a shared space between them of their bar which has got a lot of their products on it but the 50 taps which obviously are filled by other people but then it's a shared space with all the food vendors as well i think that's a a great example like you said earlier about sort of like food halls and shared venues like that i think that's a great example of what can happen in a city centre or wherever of people coming together and making a, a sort of a community-driven space. Absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Mm. You know, the more you think about it, you know, wherever you see that, it just rocks my boat completely. It's just mm. like, you know, bottle shops as well that have street food a relationship with a street food vendor. Yeah. Um, you can do promotions throughout the year. Um, oh, it's just tremendous. So. Um, and I think from the consumer's point of view, you know, it's it's an instant fix for them, isn't it? It's like, yeah. oh, okay, um, you know, the bottle shop's doing a promo on our beers with a, a couple of, um, you know, Asian sort of noodle dishes. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Evening sorted, isn't it? Happy days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, I mean, I've said that it, there's plenty of places to go in Leeds, but I said you could quite happily just sit in Assembly Underground for that reason. You know, you've got... All, all the beers but then you've got different cuisines to match with it as well it's you could sit in there all day and not not get bored you won't be short of options in there yeah um it's like you say it's just great that there's that opportunity now for people to to work together and, and bring those opportunities to the fore so hopefully look forward to to seeing you guys do it sometime too well, i look well. forward to being with you mate hopefully it leads into yeah, that, in person, mate. that would be yeah, yeah terrific it <laughs> feels like a dream at the minute it's not like it's a, it's a plan it feels like a dream still doesn't it it's just uh, fingers crossed and everything everything goes smoothly but uh but yes yeah, yeah. so hopefully it all it also goes goes well mate and it um, happens but yeah it'd be, be good to share beer with yourself and get to see people that a lot of people that we haven't seen for like say a year 18 months it's been it's been a long old time hasn't that, it? that's so, the strangest part i feel for everybody i really do um Boy, oh yeah, boy, 
mm. you know, um, family obviously being the most important, but crikey, yeah. Um, yeah, you miss your mates. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's just it's not the same, is it, doing this, really? You know, just having a, a chat on the phone or by Zoom, or it's just, just not the same, is it, mate? So, yes, the big wide world will be ours again soon, hopefully, mate. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so going back to the giveaway, I think we uh, we segued quite a bit from there, yeah. didn't we? Um, so yes, we've uh, we've got a can of each of the core range to give away. And again, thank you for for sending these over. So we've got the for the people who are watching the video, we've got a can of the tropical lager. Uh, we've got a can of the session IPA, and we've got also a can of the pale ale. Oh, there we go. And then a nice snazzy matching glass to go with it which the other glass by the way I, I was toying between which glasses or which glass to give away the between the tumbler and the pint but then i think the pint glass is just something about that pint glass that i just i had to keep hold of i think that was just a nice a nice pint glass it's just do you know when you, it's enough. weird do you know when you get a nice pint glass it's just nice it just feels right and it's just well made it's quite sturdy it's not a flimsy pint glass it just felt it felt proper you know it felt proper to drink out of so yeah definitely wanted to keep hold of that so these are to give away mate to one lucky listener or viewer um so i said we'd we'd do this as a, an incentive for them to listen along with us is we would have a, a key word or a key phrase for them to, to quote to me to to be entered with a chance to win it mate so have you have you thought of a key word for them to to quote to me keyword to quote to quote to you um um putting you on the spot <laughs> yeah yeah and you have and you, and you think i'll be prepared for this wouldn't you um i'm gonna say the keyword is uh sudoku yeah perfect fits in with the theme of the last series of beers as well so on topic yeah perfect mate yeah. perfect so on that note mate a question that i hadn't prepared or had got scheduled in the the game series or the the board game series it had last time is is that sort of the the way forward that you're going to bring these out they'll all share a, a common theme or yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, again, we wouldn't make it boring or, you know, but it's like a big coast, got to keep mixing it up. Um, I think Siren, uh, to quote a brewery, do this sort of thing very well. Um, and, you know, they'll, they'll do a series for, say, Easter against uh, Christmas against. Um, so um, we're going to come up with different series. But, yeah, this one's going to be over the next few months and, and we'll have its educative elements. Um, I'm not a um, I'm not a puzzle expert by any means. So, um, you know, uh, we'll be bringing a variety of puzzles and games to to our followers, um, and they can actually solve them in person. Um, so, if you took the Sudoku, um, you know, obviously that can actually that that is a puzzle to be solved, numerical puzzle to be solved. And we've had a few people send them back uh, completed. Um, and say what do I win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there'll be a variety um but yeah yeah the game series um and a variety of other series that we're bringing through excellent look forward to it mate look forward to it and i think that just about brings us to our hour mark and to our conclusion mate there or thereabouts so uh so all that's left really to say is thank you for thank you for joining mate it's uh it's been nice meeting you virtually, but like we said, hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to meet in person sometime soon at Leeds International or wherever we may cross paths. Without a doubt, without a doubt. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, obviously, I, I will inevitably do that, uh, reinforce that, not sales pitch, but just encourage people to follow, obviously, our Instagram, Facebook and Twitter uh, accounts, which is uh, at Guido Beer UK. 
and um, myself uh, individually at Beer Agent Sean S E A N. Um, and the reason I dropped myself in there is because um, I'm an egotistical maniac. No, no, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I like to answer personal questions if anybody, you know. Um, we always put it out there that you know, there's somebody to reach on any given day. So, mm -hmm. uh, especially as people are first getting into the beers or they, they've got a particular question for that matter about anything um, Asian, you know, not just about our beers, but if they're saying, well, you know, if they've got a favourite Asian restaurant in Birmingham and they say, well, are you going to be stopped there or you should be stopped there? Or, I mean, I'm just as grateful for people suggesting things like that yeah. as I am to answering questions, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You can't hope to know everything, can you, or know of every last little venue or anything, could you? So it's if people are willing to sort of help you out, then it's good that you've got that opportunity, that open door for people to do that. Because not a lot of places would do that, so it's nice that you've, you, you do welcome it, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I just want to thank you, mate, for the opportunity. And um, no, thank you. Most enjoyable, very, yeah, yeah. very casual. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like I said, I said to you earlier, is that I, the last thing I want to do is you come on here and feel like you've been interrogated. You know, like you, you're in the, in the spotlight of some sort of game show, or quiz show, or like a life story <laughs> sort of thing. But it's just, I just think it's just a nice, nice to have a chat to new people, different people about beer, and just for people to listen in, like the they're almost engaged and involved with it. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's nice that we can, we can do this and do it in person sometime soon. You know, if we can, if we can do it with, with you guys, when you're out and about in the field again, it'll be great to actually record and physically be together and, uh, and, and share some beers actually in person, mate. So uh, mm. fingers crossed that we keep saying it'll be happening soon. And um, just a reverse question, if I may, Steve, but um, yeah. favorite venue yourself in, in Leeds, have you got one? Um, I don't think you can go wrong with North Bar. No. Um, I don't think, like I said, as much as I love sort of vocation, North have got a great tap room now. Um, White Locks, Turks Head, they're fantastic. But I think from a sort of, um, almost like a heritage point of view, really, I suppose, North Bar, from we've been there so long, it's only, it's only a small venue, granted. And during the summer, it does become a bit of a sweat box in there when there's quite a few people in there. But I think just it's just a great little, a great little venue. Um, yeah, there's quite a lot of history in that place and it's, it's great that they're so passionate about it and there's such a variety of beer in there as well, you know, cask beer, keg beer, everything. They kind of do everything under one roof, I suppose. So it's, yeah, I'd, I'd say North Bar probably. That's brilliant to hear, brilliant to hear. Huge fan of theirs. Um, they've done mm. fantastically well and, uh, yeah, always, always contributing. They are, you know, without sort of being over the top about it, they are sort of people mm. I'm talking about, open fully engaged happy yeah. to help yeah well, this is it it's great operation. yeah they could just yeah. just nice people which most but most of the part is this space um but yeah i might i think i called in there once i think very very briefly when things went back to normal ish last year um they had on street that i say on street they the blocked part of the road off to have allow people to have seating out outdoors to to sort of ease it um but yeah hopefully it'll be opening again soon opening the doors again so it would be just nice to just go and sit in there and have a, quite a few drinks in there definitely and bundabus yes yeah i ironically i haven't been to the bundabus in leeds i've been to the one in manchester but i've not been to the one in leeds um but it's definitely on the on the hit list when when things go back to normal again again tying that tying that cuisine with the beers mate it's perfect venue for you guys isn't it really so uh get, getting in somewhere yeah. like that would be it'd be perfect but yes mate Yes, again, thank you very much for joining, Sean. It's been a Tom pleasure. Man. And um, 
speak to you again soon. Take care. All the best. Cheers, mate. Thank you.